Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Talking a lot about, uh, obviously, Game 3 that took place last night. And really, anybody who's worth his salt trying to talk about what's going to happen next, the answer is we just don't know. Because we don't know what's going to happen with Clay Thompson's injury situation. We don't know what's going to happen with uh, Kevin Durant's injury situation either. either. That is the storyline as we prepare for Game 4. Uh, But there's a much bigger story going on across the world today, and that is the 75th anniversary of D-Day. And people who listen to the show regularly, you guys know that I'm a a big history buff. And I had the incredible good fortune two years ago to spend the day touring the beaches of Normandy uh, with a private tour guide, as you can do if you go over there. You can just Google and get your own uh, tour guide. Or you can go in a group, uh, as 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 uh, I imagine is also very uh, very amazing and and, and entertaining. Uh, but we had a, a tour guide driving us around in a van. I took my family, my kids, uh, three boys who were young, my wife. Uh, our our whole crew was out. Spent the day going to all these different sites, and it was a amazing way to spend a day. Um, so empowering, I would say to be able to walk that area of Normandy, which looks very often almost identical to what it looked like 75 years ago. Many of the German guns and pillboxes that were built are still there, and you can walk up and touch the cannons. Uh, And when you stand on those bluffs and look down at that beach and think about the incredible bravery it took, for those soldiers, many of whom were kids, 18 and 19 years old, to step out into a hail of German gunfire, to charge up hillsides and cliffs manned by Nazi soldiers hell-bent on killing them, it will make you realize that anyone who ever says a bad word about American history has never actually studied American history. And it will fire you up in a big way. The idea that anyone would argue that America is not and has not always been the greatest voice for freedom and justice in the history of human civilization. You stand on those cliffs and you look out at that ocean and you just think about what it took for those soldiers, 
many of whom had never been out of their home state before this war began, almost all of whom volunteered in the wake of Pearl Harbor. The 101st Airborne, they trained to become paratroopers. These guys were such unbelievable, unbelievable bravery that many of them had never been in an airplane before before they started training to be paratroopers. Think about that for a minute. These guys were so hell-bent on beating the Nazis that many of them had never been in an airplane before. The first time they went up in an airplane was when they were training to jump out of it as a paratrooper. Think about the sheer enormous brass balls you have to have as a kid from some farm to get into an airplane, rise up into the air for the first time, and the first time you are in the air, you jump out with a parachute. I mean, it is overwhelming to even think about. We just saw, this is an amazing story, I tweeted it out, 75 years after he jumped out of a plane going into Normandy, a 97-year-old World War II veteran redid his jump in Normandy. Think about that. If you read any books at all about World War II, which I would encourage you to do, as those paratroopers are jumping out of that plane, they're seeing the guys in front of them just get wiped out. And they know that they still have the obligation and the responsibility to be the next person to jump out of that airplane. And they did it. And if you read anything about World War II or watch any of the grainy footage or any of the movies that have attempted to replicate it, those guys came in on the troop transports and many of them were in such deep water that they weren't only stepping off into a hail of gunfire and watching everybody get shot up all around them, but they almost drowned and some did drown when they stepped into the water because it was over their head and their equipment weighed so much that they couldn't even get above the water, and yet they still all did it. I want you to just think about that this morning as you are going into work. Think about the bravery of these 18- and 19-year-old kids, all volunteers, from all over the United States, also Canada, Australia. Hundreds of thousands of those kids stepped off into hail fire from Nazi assassins who were hell-bent on killing them and creating a fundamentally evil empire that would rule the world. And I also want you to think, if you are a young person and you don't know anything about history because that is what is all too often happening in this country, think about the fact that your grandfathers and your great-grandfathers and your great-great-grandfathers fought actual Nazis and risked their lives to create freedom so that you can sit on social media and call people who have different political opinions than you Nazis. And think about what a little rotten, sniveling bastard you are when you make that decision. Your grandfathers and your great-grandfathers created a world where freedom of expression and freedom of thought exists so that you can sit around on your Twitter feed and on your Instagram feed, and on your Facebook feed, and call people you disagree with Nazis from the comfort of your air-conditioned recliner while you kick back in your underwear. And I want all of you to think about this, because I think this is a big question that confronts this country now. Do we have the balls to do something like that today? Because I think if you stand on that cliff and you look out at that ocean, and you contemplate what those guys did 75 years ago, it's really easy to make accusations 
and to lob insults and to fight for gender-neutral bathrooms today. But I want you to think about what bravery really is and what is required to march into the face of evil into a stream of bullets with Nazis trying to ruin not only your life and end it forever, but end all of Western civilization as we knew it. Those men and women from all over the world, but primarily from America, stepped up and met that challenge head on. I believe we still have the ability to do that as a country, but I think we have turned into a nation of pussy willows. But for everybody out there who wants to sell you on the idea that America is not a great and special place and that our history is not bedecked with honor, I I challenge all of you, at a minimum, to get on my Twitter feed and look at those cliffs and think about what those kids did. And I challenge you also, at some point in time, make that journey over to Normandy. Spend a day trying to really understand what happened on June 6, 1944, one of the biggest, if not the biggest days, in the history of America and in the history of the world, and think about what your ancestors and your forebears were capable of in this country. And I want you to remember that the next time you see somebody saying that America is not special or that America isn't an incredible place or that America isn't a light on a shining hill and that we aren't the best thing to ever exist in the history of the world. Without us and without this country doing what it did, there might still be a Nazi empire in this country. And what's amazing about that is it was almost all a volunteer army filled with a bunch of kids who had barely ever gone anywhere and barely ever seen anything, and they marched right into the maw, into a whirlwind, into an incredible hail of bullets, and they climbed those cliffs, and they kicked those Nazis' ass. And as a result, we get to sit around and talk about sports as much as we want, and we get to watch as many movies and hang out and argue about a lot of things that really, in the grand scheme of things, don't matter at all because of what those guys did. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their michelin test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we got a lot of reaction pouring in on social media. Again, I'd encourage you guys, if you're somewhat curious about D-Day, you can just watch a couple of minute videos that I posted from the, the, the tour experience that I had on the beaches of Normandy. A lot of people want to weigh in on the phone, 877-996-6369. Um, and uh, we'll go to uh, those calls. Let's dive in. Who should we go to first, Dub? We got Rob in Ohio up first. Rob, what's up, my man? Hey, Clay, first time caller, huge fan. Uh, my dad did not uh, uh, was not in the battle, but he was a graduate of West Point, class of '44. A little bit of trivia: uh, it was one of the few classes that went through in three years because of the invasion. Oh wow! And on on six six forty four, they announced the invasion of Normandy during the graduation. Oh, that's unbelievable! And, and many of his. Uh, uh, classmates or in the class of 43 died because they were the first off the boats yeah yeah that's that's amazing if you have thanks for the call if you have the opportunity to visit west point that is also a pretty awe-inspiring uh, moment i had an opportunity to get to write a story about a uh, a west point cadet caleb campbell who was trying to play in the nfl and i spent the day with him uh on the uh, the campus there at west point eight in the mess hall uh, spent uh, a lot of time walking all around that area, and uh, it's pretty remarkable to be able to see what uh, what soldiers today, what the cadets today. Both uh, I'd like to go to Annapolis sometime. I haven't been to Annapolis, but uh, I have been to West Point, and that was a pretty extraordinary uh, opportunity and accomplishment uh, to see what those guys go through as well. Uh, let's keep the phones uh, rolling. Who's up next? We have Steve in Spokane. Steve in Spokane. What's up, Steve? Hey, Clay, can you hear me? The other guy, I couldn't hear at all. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah, first of all, I'm a retired uh, Army uh, infantry officer. uh, But uh, even though I was born in 1950, I'm a veteran of World War II. Kind of strange because uh, one of my places that I served for three years was Berlin. And when I served there, Berlin was classified as an occupied city from World War II. So... We wore the uh, Army of uh, Occupation Medal. I was at Normandy in 1996, uh, spent three days there, went to the cemetery. Uh, to me, the most impressive place is the uh, Point de Hoc. Yes. Uh, I met uh, General Grange, who actually was there at Point de Hoc. 225 started, 95 survived uh, to fight three days later. And I walked everywhere. I was at St. Mary and Grace. Uh, I met a guy who was at uh, Omaha Beach. Uh, so I met quite a few veter- a lot of the veterans that uh, were there when I was uh, going to military school were World War II vets. 
So I had a chance to see a lot of that stuff. Well, I appreciate the call. appreciate the service. I, I would say this. Um, I think there are a lot of people out there listening to us right now that either have family members who served in World War II uh, or have been fortunate enough to interact with people who did serve in World War II, and there's a dwindling number of, uh, of those soldiers still alive today. And I think, uh, you know, 100 years from now, what they did may well be more impressive than even it seems to us today. Uh, I, I had lots of people in uh, in my family, as anybody did, who uh, who had family in America at the time uh, that uh, that served in the military. And I specifically remember, as a really young kid, uh, my uh, I guess it would be my great uncle, my uh, my grandmother's brother, uh, was in Patton's army, and uh, and he had been overseas in the Tennessee kid, you know, who had never really been anywhere, and then he is in the middle of World War II. And uh, he said, and I remember him telling me this story when I was a little kid, that uh, if you've ever seen the movie Patton, uh, I mean, it's a phenomenal movie to watch, first of all, if you haven't seen it. Uh, I think it's George C. Scott who plays Patton. Uh, add it to your list. It's probably, what, a 50-year-old movie at this point, 45-year-old movie. Um, and uh, he said he was uh, a kid, and all of a sudden uh, the general comes running, uh, driving up in a uh, Jeep, and the, and the soldiers are all arrayed, and Patton gets out to look at him. And he's walking down the line of soldiers, and uh, Patton stops in front of uh, of my uh, great uncle, and uh, you know asks him where he's from and how old he is, and then he says, uh, "Have you killed any Germans yet, kid?" Uh, and he said, "No." You know, he's a young soldier who just gotten overseas and, and joined the the army. And Patton said, "Well, you'll get your chance. You'll get your chance," uh, which is a pretty amazing story. Uh, to, to think about, um, you know, we talk a lot about the individual soldiers, but the heroism involved in the planning of D-Day. Uh, I've been over to London a couple of times. If you ever get to go to London, one of the most remarkable things you can do in London, and look, there are a lot of remarkable aspects of London history. You can tour the Churchill War Rooms, which are left almost identical to how they were uh, in the in the battle in Europe where they managed everything from the bunkers underground because they were afraid of getting hit by a bomb. So Churchill himself would sleep there on a cot. They have the maps on the wall of the different advancing uh, troops and, uh, and armies. And uh, it, is, it is like walking into a, a literal museum. I mean, it's a time capsule. And it's one of the coolest things I've ever done. Uh, I would encourage you, if you're driving along right now and you know that at some point you may be in London, the Churchill War Museums, if you are a uh, history buff, particularly a military history buff, might should be the number one overall destination for you in all of London. It's truly that incredible to be able to see. Uh, all right, Dub, who we got up next? We got Jesse in Omaha. Jesse, what's shaking, my man? I just want to weigh in on what you were saying. I uh, appreciate the words and everything. And, and you were saying how... He- you wonder whether or not today's generation could do that. And uh, I'm an active duty Air Force. I'm a deployment manager. I'm the guy who hands out trips to Afghanistan and Africa and the Middle East. And I got to tell you, when we have deployments dropped, I don't have to go looking for people. My phone's ringing off the hook. People are knocking at my door. These kids want to go. I know yeah, the millennials that's, that's get phenomenal. I don't want to cut you off, but I want to say this. That, that's phenomenal, and I love to hear that. The big difference, I would say, is – those guys are a small segment of the overall population. We had to mobilize yes, the entire American population in order to win World War II, totally right? And that's, that's where I were going. They're a small subset. Today's millennials, today's millennials catch a lot of flack, but there are good ones, and there are a lot of good ones, and they're out there today, and they're ready to go. There's no doubt. I appreciate that call. I'm glad you said that. I mean, look, there are a ton of people listening in all 50 states, and frankly, all over the world. We, we have a lot of people who listen to us. Uh, and, uh, you know, overseas, serving in Germany, serving in Afghanistan, serving in the Middle East, wherever you may be, uh, because you want that connection with home and you stream Fox Sports Radio or listen to the podcast. I know a lot of you guys do that, um, and uh, we appreciate all the service that you guys are doing. Um, difference being, like, again, the just sure scale of what had to happen in order to win World War II. I'm not sure we'll ever see anything like it again. Uh, the concept of drafting and bringing in as many people as we did from all walks of life in order to have to beat the the, the Germans, to beat the Nazis, is a, a scale and magnitude that I'm not sure, frankly, we'll ever see a war that magnitude of again. Hopefully we won't. Hopefully for the rest of human history, 
there will never be a war like this. As Einstein, I think, said, uh, I don't know what World War III will look like in terms of the weapons that we will have, but the next war will be fought with sticks and stones, uh, which is a sign of how rapidly the technology has evolved. And maybe it's such a case that we don't need massive numbers of soldiers anymore because the technology is so all-encompassing and all-powerful that we won't see any major ground offensives like we saw in World War II. But still, again, I, I encourage you guys to do your research and read and understand what we are capable of when we are all moving in the same direction. Who's up next? we got a couple more here. we got Paul in Pennsylvania. Paul in Pennsylvania, what you got for me? Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Fire away. Um, just, just another layer. Just another layer to the heroism that you're talking about the, with them running into that hail of bullets. People don't wrap their head around the fact that there was absolutely no retreat. Yeah. There was nowhere to hide. Really there was well nowhere said. to go. Yeah. No. I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, they couldn't take those troops back off that beach. Uh, you either took the hills or you died. Right, because the idea that with the the mass um, of, uh, of of material and men and everything else, the idea that you were going to be able to bring somebody out, the Germans were rushing to defend the coastline. They would have been bombarding any ships that were trying to uh, to retreat. So effectively, it was advance or die um, in order to take those beaches in Normandy. Uh, last call before we uh, we roll out this hour. Who's up? Eric in Kentucky. Eric, what you got for me? Hey, Glenn, how you doing? Excellent. Uh, what you was talking about, the kids, you know, and from the small towns, that that's like my uncle. We're, we're from a little small community called B-Spring, Kentucky. He was uh, in the 101st Airborne at the invasion of Normandy and lost his life. And uh, the 101st Airborne, I've done my research, the 101st, because I'm very patriotic. I'm proud of it. The 101st Airborne was created for the invasion of Normandy. It's an incredible story in band. Thanks for the call. Thanks for uh, the sacrifice of your uncle. It's an incredible story in Band of Brothers. Uh, the Stephen Ambrose book, I believe, I would encourage everybody to read. It's an incredible story that he wrote about these guys. And uh, I, I think they made the, uh, the HBO miniseries about it if you're not a reader. Uh, and you don't want to read the book, uh, obviously that, that miniseries has been uh, incredibly popular in bringing to light what these men accomplished. Uh, you mentioned the fact that he gave his life. Uh, walking around the Normandy Cemetery is also a uh, chilling and awe-inspiring experience. 10,000 or more identical headstones uh, of uh, the land there in North France. It's a considered American soil. We own that cemetery for all of the people that are buried there. Uh, the amount that they gave was the full measure and the impact that they continue to have. There are American flags that still fly to this day all over Normandy uh, for what we did to liberate the continent of, uh, of Europe and France in particular. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installation near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their kumo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be it's a confidence show. We're joined now by Frank Isola at the Frank Isola around the horn, Sirius XM, the athletic. You can find him any and everywhere uh, across the entirety of the sports landscape. And Frank, last night, I mean, that was pretty much a consistent beatdown that was delivered by the Toronto Raptors from the opening tip. I never really felt like the Warriors had a chance to win this game. They kept it close thanks to Steph's heroics. But What's going to happen here? I mean, is it as simple as if Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant don't come back, this series is over, and uh, basically we just all sit around and wait and see whether or not those guys can return? Yeah, I mean, it was a terrific win for Toronto and what was not really a good game at all. I mean, Golden State just was terrible on the defensive end, and the game was never really close. I think they got as close as seven in the uh, second half, and I agree with you. I never really felt as if Toronto was being threatened. I mean, they needed – I mean, Steph Curry scored 47 points. It's almost like they needed him to score 70. But, again, the issue was on the defensive end, and they have no chance if Klay Thompson can't come back. If Klay Thompson were to come back without Durant, they have a chance. But without, without both of them, especially defensively, and now that they've lost home court advantage, so you know that they're going to have to win you know, two more home games and, and they're going to have to win at least one more game on the road – Right now, Golden State is in a lot of trouble. They picked the wrong time of year for all their, you know, a lot of their key guys to get hurt. So, in you're in New York, and uh, there obviously has been a lot of optimism about the possibility of Kevin Durant coming to join the Knicks. I actually think that the way this series has played out, regardless of how it ends, Kevin Durant can come back and lead the Warriors to championship victory, and then he can basically kind of stick a middle finger up to all of his critics and say, yeah, without me, there's no way the Warriors win this championship. So you really can't come after me and say, I haven't been an integral part of the championships that we've won so far. Or if he's not able to come back healthy, he can say, but for my injury, we probably go on and win the championship. 
And what I'm getting at here is the motivation, I think, of, oh, you have to go somewhere else to prove that you're capable of winning a championship and you can be the driving force on a championship-caliber team, I don't think necessarily is there the same way. Is there nervousness in New York over how all of this is playing out? Yeah, there definitely is. And I was up in Toronto for games one and two and being around the Warrior people, and they're a little bit more optimistic now than they were maybe a couple of months ago about Kevin Durant staying. Now, of course, they're going to they're going to always find a reason to be optimistic. But I find it weird, Clay. If you watch that glass site, they showed that clip of Steph Curry walking on the court. And, you know, he's getting like a pep talk from Kevin Durant. Like, how phony would it look that if in three weeks from now he ends up leaving, or, you know, a little more than uh, three weeks from now, he ends up leaving to go sign with another team? The whole thing, It just looks weird. Like, he's standing outside the locker after game two, embracing all his teammates as they come off the court. So you can be all in right at this moment, but yet on July 1st you're going to be out that quickly? I, I mean, why? I still, I've never understood why he would want to leave. I understand people say, well, it looks like he joined a great team. That's absolutely what he did. But, you know, we look at these teams that uh, Magic and Kareem, the great Celtic teams, they've always had great players. I still don't think 20 years from now people are going to make a big deal about the fact that Kevin Durant played with other great players. All these teams that win, they all play with great players. And when you talk about legacy, there's a better chance that his legacy will be ruined if he came to New York. Because that's kind of been the history of the last 20 years. So if it's going to be the Knicks, and you know, God bless them if they can get him, that's a big time risk that uh, that Kevin Durant would be taking. Not only that, he can look just down the coast in L.A. and see what can happen when you join a prime time yep. franchise in a big city, and things start to fall apart pretty pretty fast. And that roster, and that roster is better, Clay, the one yeah. that LeBron joined. And, and, and that's particularly the case where it looks now, and speaking of New York, it looks like Kyrie Irving is going to Brooklyn. Are you picking up on those vibes as well? Do you buy into that uh, kind of rumor that seems to be crystallizing? Yeah, that, that's been going on for a while. Kyrie only lives two towns away from it. I ran to somebody yesterday. He told me that they saw him outside his house, and they said to him, you're coming to the Knicks, right? And Kyrie said to them, what about Brooklyn? <laughs> so <laughs> Kyrie actually used the word Brooklyn. I, I will say this. Danny Ainge wants to keep Kyrie Irving. Now, people are going to say, well, sure, he's got to say that. No, Danny Age is all about having assets, and he doesn't want to just lose Kyrie Irving. I'm still not going to count the Boston Celtics out just yet because we don't know what's going to happen with Anthony Davis, and it looks like Anthony Davis will be traded. So if Anthony Davis were to get traded to Boston, I think there's a pretty good chance that Kyrie Irving would say. We know there are issues with Kyrie Irving and some of his teammates, but some of those teammates would likely be traded in a deal for Anthony Davis. So things would change pretty dramatically for the Boston Celtics if they were able to acquire Anthony Davis. What in the world happens if the Knicks can't get Kevin Durant, if Kyrie Irving goes to Brooklyn? Let's say Kawhi stays in Toronto as the odds now reflect that he might. And then the Knicks are sitting there having traded away Porzingis. Maybe they could make a move and try to get Anthony Davis, but does Anthony Davis really want to be on the Knicks? They're much worse of a team than he would have if he just stayed in New Orleans. Like, the Knicks are going to be an unmitigated disaster if what happens looks like it might be happening. Well, two things. Number one, they'll either try to spin us. Well, we're we're rebuilding. Remember, we told you that. So we're trying to build with young players, which, of course, would be nonsense because, like you pointed out, if they kept Brzingis, you'd have Brzingis now and the third overall pick of the draft coming in. Or they could try to go after guys like Kemba Walker, Jimmy Butler, or how about this one? You want to talk about the guy that would make kind of like the perfect Nick? What about DeMarcus Cousins? Would the Knicks be crazy enough to do something like that? And you saw the way that DeMarcus Cousins he couldn't move played last night. Uh, he, he, he can, and that, that's going to be a big issue. I mean, I feel badly for him because he would have gotten a huge deal in Sacramento, got traded. He was sitting on a big contract in New Orleans and then left. And remember, the New Orleans still offered him. I thought it was like two years, $40 million which he turned down. You know, in today's NBA, with the way that a center is used, and that guy, you know, he's, he struggles defensively, and now he's got all these injuries. Is, is somebody paying DeMarcus Cousins $100 million? Are you really going to invest that kind of money in a guy like that who, you know, physically, you know, is constantly having some type of issues? I, I don't know about that one. He looked like an old guy who was playing yep. at the Y who never got stretched out last night. I mean, you know, you know how that, that, that happens. Ball. I mean, he, he, he couldn't How about jump. the two times around the basket when it just tried to dunk the ball? He went up soft and got a shot block. Yeah, it was. I mean, he was one for seven from the floor, and 
that doesn't really do justice to the number of times that he had an opportunity to finish or uh, you know, make a decent pass, and most of the time he couldn't do it. A lot of his passes were soft and not crisp and not in control. Uh, it was just an ugly, ugly performance. So let's go back to the court to what we saw last night. Um, if you are Kawhi Leonard, uh, Kawhi right now probably the NBA Finals MVP if voting were taking place right now. I, I can't imagine unless some people voted for Siakam, but I think this would be Kawhi's in a runaway through three games. If you are able to win a championship with Toronto – uh, is there any way you leave the Raptors, or does that championship kind of LeBron cleanse you, much like happened with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and it actually spurs you to go ahead and make the decision to move even more likely because you've already got the championship rocked, uh, ra- uh, racked up? What do you think yeah. Kawhi is thinking now as we come down the stretch part of this series? Well, there's been talk up in Toronto that maybe he would sign a two-year deal. And if you look at the age of all the players, a lot of their key players, Kyle Lowry, that they brought back Marcus Gasol, they got a couple of key players who, you know, you, you figure for two more years can really help you. And this team could, you know, rule the East for a couple of years. Plus, Siakam is emerging as an all-star caliber player. Fred Van Vliet has been terrific ever since he had that terrible 1-for-11 game against Milwaukee. The great thing about Kawhi is, you just you, you never know. And I think the guy's probably a lot smarter than we all give him credit for. He's funny at the podium after these games. Like when Mark Schwartz from ESPN said to him, you know, when Iguodala made the shot, he said, you know, is that the player who's, you know, would you rather see the ball in his hands than anybody else's hands? And Kawhi's response was, no, I'd rather see the ball in our hands because that would mean we have the ball. Yeah. Like he takes like everything literally. He's actually pretty funny up at the podium. Like to me, you don't, you don't know what he's going to do, but he has to figure – you know, he's won a title there. He could sign for two years, make a ton of money, and rule the East. The Eastern Conference is still a little suspect compared to the Western Conference. And if Durant were to stay in Golden State and you go to the Clippers, well, then, you know, you are still competing against the Golden State Warriors. I would not be shocked. I guess that report came out of Toronto that he, he's purchased some, maybe probably like a condo or something like that uh, up in Toronto. So who knows right now? I think if he stays there, I think it would be too and eventually he'll go on the move and end up in L.A. So I think they have a chance, especially now if they, it looks like they might win this thing. You've covered the NBA for a long time. When you saw the story that the NBA was considering removing the team owner, term owner, because of racial insensitivity, your first thought was what? I thought it was a headline in The Onion. Yeah. I really did. I, I, I couldn't believe it because, I mean, even if you, change, like, if you start calling everyone a chairman or a governor, or they're still the owner of the team, and they don't own the player; they own the players' contracts, yeah. and they own everything about the team. And when the you know the player, if he if you're in a contract with the team and you don't feel like playing for the team anymore, you could just quit, and you're not going to get paid. And when you become a free agent, you have the freedom to do whatever you want. I, I, I think it's you know what they always say: political correctness run amok. I think it's you. You cannot tell me that that word is offensive. An owner. I mean, you, you own a car, you own a business, you own a you own a house. These guys own it. They don't just they don't just own the roster. They own everything about the organization. So I I, I couldn't. But I'm sure you probably thought it was a little insane. Oh, right? I, I thought it was completely insane. But I was actually encouraged. You know, you never know uh, what the response is going to be on social media or how much it reflects what the re, quote unquote real world opinion would be. Uh, but I put up a poll. Over forty thousand people voted in it. And ninety six percent of people thought that it was, uh, you know, not remotely racially insensitive. So you get ninety six percent of people with over forty thousand people voting to agree on anything in this day and age. It's almost impossible. So I was at least a little bit encouraged by well, that. Um, final well, let me, question. Let me let me let me, yeah. let me ask let me ask you let me ask you this, Clay. You don't think that Michael Jordan wears it as a source of pride? Oh yeah, that he is the owner of the Charlotte Hornets. You don't think that means a lot? You don't think that Michael Jordan likes that title? To, 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 to what he's accomplished and, and has been able to make enough money over his career that he can buy a professional sports team? And how many times, if you look at LeBron's bio, which is owner Blaze Pizza, minority owner of yeah. like Liverpool, and you know, one day wants to own a professional basketball team. Isn't that like a great source of pride for him for how much money he's made over his career that he might be able to do something like that? I think amen. And, and to me, the goal of anyone in America should be to become a part of an ownership society, right? Whether it's own your home, which is a goal of tons of people who are listening to us across the, the, the all 50 states right now, uh, whether it is to own a business, 
which is another uh, – it doesn't have to be a huge business. Be a small business of doing a variety of different things. Owning your own business is a huge uh, point of pride. A lot of small business owners across America are the heartbeat of this nation. Being a part of the ownership society – and even if you don't own your home or own a business, a lot of people out there listening to us right now own a dog, or at least you own a lawnmower, or you own a car. You know, I mean, like the idea that that would be an offensive term is frankly more of an insult to anybody who is dumb enough to not understand to me the distinction between ownership of a business and ownership of a contract versus ownership of an actual physical human being. I said this on the show, look. You pay me $10 million a year, I'll call you whatever you want me to call you, right? I mean, I, I, I don't care. I don't care what title you want to, you know, supreme leader of all that is great in the world. Like, uh, I will genuflect at your altar. I will kneel before the Iron Throne for $10 million a year. Trust me, uh, I, I will do that in a heartbeat. Uh, last so, question. So, so what yeah. you're saying is I'm, I'm the chairman of my car. I'm yes. not the owner of it. I'm the yeah, chairman yeah. of it. Yeah. The or governor the, of my car. Proprietor of your uh, lawnmower. <laughs> um, I, I think that uh, uh, today is D-Day, and I know that you, uh, that you are a student of history uh, in many respects, too. How remarkable – I got to tour D-Day a couple of years ago, and when I came back I said um, it's one of the most remarkable days of my life, and also – that I believe what those kids did, and many of them were kids, 18-, 19-year-old volunteers from all over America on D-Day, is going to continue to grow in legend in the decades ahead as real you know, ground combat like that hopefully becomes even more of a rarity. Because you stand there on some of those cliffs and look out from those German pillboxes and think about what those men did. And it is flat-out unbelievable today. And I think 100 years from now, it'll seem even more extraordinary. You know, when I remember when watching the Band of Brothers on HBO, which yeah. I thought was outstanding, you know, kind of like start to finish, even when the, they were in basic training, and to think about what they went through. And, that, and that's really what it comes down to. I mean, think about how much you've accomplished already in your life and how much you have lived since you were 18 years old. No one, no one really has lived yet when yeah. you're 18, 19, 20. And to see the sacrifice that they went through. And there's a great scene in Band of Brothers when I believe they're um, over in England before they're about to you know, get on the planes and, and fly over, and it gets delayed because of weather. And you know, they're handing out like life insurance policies to guys. I mean, it, I mean to think about the courage that those guys had. A lot of those guys knew that they were never coming home. And they were all gung-ho about it to fight for the country. It really is remarkable. Whenever I see Saving Private Ryan, which I don't know how that didn't win Best Picture when, when it was out. But Band of Brothers, to me, really, it, it, it was so telling, just the, the courage that they had and how young they were. I mean, these were guys who, I mean, you you know, you, most people, you know, think about what you experience after the age of 18. These poor guys were going to their 18 and 19, sacrificing everything just to defend the country. Yeah, wild, wild story that really brings it home for me. Most of the guys in the 101st Airborne who were paratrooping in on D-Day in Normandy had never jumped out of an airplane before, had never been in an airplane before the first time they jumped out. I mean, just think about how wild that is. Frank Isola at the Frank Isola on Twitter. Think about that as we go to break. You've never been in an airplane before, and the first time you go up, you're jumping out with a parachute. Flat out unbelievable. This is Outkick on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We are indeed here in the Geico Outkick studios. Uh, Eddie Garcia, I wanted to ask you, uh, how was the... uh, uh, Disney World, Star Wars universe. Well, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. I will not shy away from that. Uh, it was fantastic. It was. Uh, I'll give you a real quick anecdote. Uh, I saw a man walk in with his son. I would say the man was in his 40s. The kid was probably in his, I don't know, early teens. Maybe now, probably like 11, 12. And they both pointed and they both said, look at that. And they had the same look on their face. So yeah. it's it was pretty awesome. How was the uh, how was the ride where you got to fly the Millennium Falcon? Did you get to do that? I did. Um, it was okay. Um, it was kind of like Star Tours where you had a little bit yeah. of control over what was going on. But it was very similar to that. But the rest of it, the park itself, just everything was awesome. How crowded is it? You have to have special uh, pass to get into the into the land right now, yeah, right? Yeah, right now you have to have a reservation. So it honestly wasn't that crowded at all. They're, they're letting people in every couple of hours and you go for a block of four hours. 
And but you but for people out there who are, I think it's going to open at the end of August. Am I not, if I'm not mistaken in Disney World? But for people out there who are listening that are big Star Wars fans and or their kids, you would give it a very high uh, thumbs up. I would give review. it a nine out of a ten. Yeah. It was. It was honestly. It was fantastic. That's pretty. That's pretty phenomenal. Uh, all right, uh, there we go, Chewy. We appreciate that uh, in the background. By the way, what do you expect tonight in Game Five of the uh, Stanley Cup Finals? That's tonight, right? Yes, it is. Uh, Zdeno Chara, the captain for the Bruins, suffered a broken jaw. At least that's the report uh, in Game Number Four. Uh, he. We're going to see if he's going to play or not, believe I it or not. I bet he gets wired up. Yeah. It's crazy. I wouldn't be surprised. But, uh, you know, the teams have alternated wins each time so far. Uh, I like Boston to take the 3-2 series lead. And do you think whoever wins Game 5 then will go on and win this series? I do. Yeah. Um, it will be intriguing to see for sure. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts